Hello. Can you oh hear boy. me? Yes. Okay, you were breaking up for a second there. Oh, Sounded all goodness. crunchy. Hey, coming through loud and clear. Woohoo! Jason to Linda. Linda, Linda, come return. How do, how do radios work? I don't have any uh, radio. How does our podcast title work? Yeah, how does anything work, really? Radio to Linda. Radio to Linda. Beep boop coming through on the ones and twos. Coming in hot on the two one two. Did it call it? What's the, what what's call the two one two? What's the? T- I don't know what the two one two is. You want me to Google what's it? What's the two one two and why do they call it coming in hot? What's the two one two? Is a debut single by American rapper Azalea Banks. I assume that's not what you're talking about. I think oh. it is an area code. Yeah, area code apparently, which covers Manhattan. Manhattan. I should know that since I lived there. <laughs> and then you also want to know why it's called coming in hot. I have a feeling it has something to do with like screeching tires. Yeah. Yeah, let's see here. It's going to use Tokyo Drift into home base. Oh, yeah. So it's originally uh, comes from uh, the military where uh, (gasps) helicopters would be returning from the battlefield and their guns would still be hot. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Of course, it has to do with shooting people. You know, most things do. I I can imagine people doing that, being like, oh, we got a hot one. Well, most of your country's history is, you know, oriented around military violence. It tends to be a lot of generators of culture. Yeah, I can't wait till women have run nations for a long time and things get a little different. Yeah, maybe. That'd be great. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, you know, you basically, it's impossible to get any kind of men's clothes that don't have military history. Are you aware of this fact? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I guess denim might be different because that, that started as more of like a factory workers thing, right? Oh, wait, no, it was for soldiers. Shit. I actually don't know about <laughs> denim specifically, but I think you might be maybe, maybe denim jeans are the one thing that are actually a little bit, you know, yeah. appropriate. But yeah, I mean, you basically have some work wear, but like everything else, the whole thing is all military stuff. Yeah, I feel like that had... Okay, I'm going to totally make up... This is like Linda history. I feel like... This is what Maybe. podcasts are for, just making shit up and then saying it. <laughs> and now it's, now it's recorded, and now someone can cite it on Wikipedia as fact. Yeah. This is, so, Denim, this is 100% factual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Denim started because the, uh, the horsey boys in the Pony Express, they would uh, pee their pants while they were on their route, and so they would cut up their old mailbags and dye them and turn them into pants. Um, you did say in the middle there that they were peeing their pants along the route. Well, yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah, maybe they got like chafed. Maybe they got like holes chafed in them from the horses. Now the chafing makes sense. The pee-pee pants, I do have to push back on a little bit. It doesn't <laughs> really track to me that they. Well, would... they got to get that mail to its place on time. They ain't got time to stop. Yeah, I just you know I really just feel like on on the Pony Express they probably just pulled the pony over to the side of the road. They probably probably just peed there. They probably weren't pee- peeing in their pants. And again, maybe you're right. I, uh, All right. Well, you know. in Andy history, they don't pee pee their pants. In Linda history, they do. <laughs> That's. I like your worldview, Linda. It's very very poetic. It's like you know, you're supposed to picture everyone naked when you're giving a public speech to like calm yourself down. You're like everybody in history pee pee their pants, and that's how you uh, you know <laughs> demystify them. That actually is true. Literally every human being on this planet has pee peed in their pants at some point in their life. 
you're being PP ableist, someone out there is not gonna have not gonna have the ability to PP, and you're you're, <laughs> you're throwing them under the bus. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry for being. No, ableist. I think I think you're actually probably right. I think if you don't have the ability to, to wee, you probably have some medical problems and you don't survive to adulthood. Gonna That's not that what I'm talking there. about. I'm talking about Adolf fucking Hitler. Oh, yeah, like, his he, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say he probably peed his pants a little higher than the average number. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Not, he's probably a one percenter with regards to PP the pants. <laughs> this is starting off great. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Favorite episode yet. Uh, how are you, Linda? How are things in Linda Town? I'm good. It's raining right now. I'm speaking to you from underneath an umbrella. Mm, you're an umbrella woman. Yep. And uh, yeah. is, is Lenny exposed to the elements? Is he is he out there braving it? Nope, he's at home. Yeah, sucker. Uh, he has been so sleepy for the last couple days. Luckily, when it's all gray outside, he does what most humans do, which is he just kind of chills the fuck out and he doesn't want to do anything. So, that's handy. Because if he was all hyper and we couldn't get him outside to yeah, he might feel let bad. the steam off. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're with them all day because uh, you work from home on Sundays at least. So uh, can you confirm my theory that dogs sleep like 20 hours a day? This is my theory. Oh, yeah. I think Sadie is basically only awake from the hours in which we get home from work and then before we go to bed, and that's like her only active time, basically. Yeah, and like yesterday, yesterday, uh, Mark left to go do some stuff with some friends in the city. I wanted to stay home and watch the Oscars. So from about four-ish to about ten-ish. He was asleep the entire time. Like, and I'm not even talking like, oh, he's just like kind of laying down and being lazy. Like, you're like yelling in his face and he does not respond because he's so zonked out. That's amazing. Thank yeah. so much. What a life. I mean, you, you just look at your dog and get really jealous of their life, right? That's what I do all the time. Oh, yeah. He's got an eight. I'm like, you have no responsibilities. You're not going to live to see the horrible effects of global climate catastrophe. You, know, you just get to hang around and, uh, you know, chew on a bone all day. And did you know that doggies only have to be pregnant for a couple months? I did not know that the gestational period for a dog was only a couple of months. It's a very interesting fact. Yeah, I think it's like 10 to 12 weeks. Whoa, boom, boom. that's way short. Yeah. Done. Wild. They have everything better than out. us. I know. I guess it would be really pretty messed up if dogs only lived like 10 years had a nine month gestational period that would be kind of kind of cruel for 10 percent of your life cruel joke on the poor dog mothers of the world yeah um i went to figma's config conference yes how was figma's config conference conference it was fantastic was your talk and scene well received it was it was or I guess you, were, you I, said you were leading a panel or like a roundtable. You weren't giving a talk, right? Yeah, it was a roundtable discussion. And so far, the main piece of feedback that I received, which is pretty much the most Linda piece of feedback ever, was you that I, too much. <laughs> yeah, all she did was point at pictures of butts on the internet and say whether it was a good butt or a bad butt. No. She brought up slides of historical figures that just said, they pee-peed their pants, they pee-peed their pants, they pee-peed their, <laughs> their pants, over and over again. So try not feeling confident now. Yeah. <laughs> Give me your money on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> you can Venmo me. There's a new uh, No, it was pretty good. I, I, I always do this thing where I forget to 
do what you're supposed to do at the beginning of a talk where you say like, hey, here's what we're going to do for the next hour. It's so simple. It's so easy. And I always forget to do it. And so you just dive right in and people are confused for the first 12 minutes because they're like, <laughs> where am I? What's happening? Yeah, because I think that for me personally, this is where like empathy breaks down. Like I kind of like being thrown into stuff like that. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on, but I like it. Yeah, I was just going to say, I don't like when people tell me what they're going to tell me. Especially during a short talk. Like, I mean, I understand some, like, stage setting. If we're, like, if it's a whole weekend-long thing and you're, like, emceeing it. Right. Like, sure, you know, set the stage a little bit. But if you're going to talk to yeah. me for 30 minutes, don't, don't be like, well, minutes 0 to 10 are going to be an introduction <laughs> to the idea. Uh, well, just, just do the thing, you know? So here's why it was a little weird. Because I did, like, I talked, and then I had them talk to each other. And I had them write in their little booklets. And then I had them talk to each other. And then I had talked myself. And then they had to write in their booklets. And then they had to talk to each other. So it was kind of like a little ping-pongy. But anyway, this is just me being critical and trying to like uh, iterate on my own format. But it was great. So you think you should have started off with a, hey, everybody, here's the pattern. It's going to be talky-ready, talky-ready yes. with Linda Talky. Yeah, get ready to feel vulnerable. Mm, yeah, that, that's good. Really just saying that is enough and people are like, I'm ready to be vulnerable. I'm open now. I did say that, so that's good. Didn't forget the uh, important stuff. Yeah, it was, it was good. There was a really big long line for it, which was really like humbling. Ooh, I can, that's, uh, one thing I, that's one experience I've never had. I've never been uh, putting on a thing that there was a line for. Yeah, well, because they, they only had this tiny room that had like enough room for about 30 people in it. That's so, a way to generate a line. Yeah, exactly. I think it's definitely better to have a small room that is oversold than have a big room that is undersold. Yes, I agree. And it felt really good, and it all went by super quick, as it always does. Um, but I was grateful for the space and for the ability to be at a conference like that and sharing things like Hey everybody, I have a, pr a problem feeling confident when there are male authoritative figures over me in my life. <laughs> How about you? And having people be like, uh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm that sure that one probably uh, found some empathy in the room. Yeah, but it didn't, like, it was a small enough room that it didn't feel like I was up there, like, whining. It was more like um, talking about, like, confidence issues we've overcome in our past and then confidence issues that we're currently feeling today. And I mean, like anything, like confidence takes a super long time to build up and it's not like there are like instant answers, but having a safe space to talk about them is really important. Yeah. Sounds like it was we a great day. Grow through it. Yeah. So that was that. I was having old friends. Um, it was great. There were these friends that I haven't seen for like three years. And I was like, really excited when I saw them and keep catch up and everything. And, First thing most of them asked is, how's Lenny? <laughs> this is what's so great about the internet, is that, like, yeah. even though you're not, like, actively talking to people all the time, they're still, like, totally caught up right yeah. there with you. Yeah, they're following you the whole time. You have a, you have a big, uh, you always have a big, like, crew of people that you have, like, go to conferences and events with. Every time you go to a conference or event, at least that I've been with you, it's always, like, you run into 20 people you have this, like, passing conference relationship with. Yeah, or like a, just like former work life relationship with. Yeah. Like especially in San Francisco, there's just a, a group of San Francisco design types 
that I like to stay in touch with when I'm at those things. But, I don't know. There was, like, a little bit of, like, douchey bro stuff going on there. Oh, at the conference. Yeah, not during my session. My session was pretty douche-free. Um, thank the loud. I think you definitely cultivated a douche-free environment. <laughs> Knock that shit down! Yeah, you're um, like, the vagina is self-cleaning. You don't need to douche it, people. <laughs> and free. all the men stand up and slowly exit the room. <laughs> I'm in the wrong Hey, yo, whatever fucking works. I mean, whatever makes them leave. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, just a little bit of the thing where, like, at the end of somebody else's talk, uh, it's Q&A. You're supposed to ask questions Ugh. to the person who just spent a lot of time Ugh. preparing things and, like, some Facebook designers or whoever raised their hands and uh, re-explained the whole talk in their words and from Facebook perspective. And you're like, yeah, nobody asked you, though, just literally why you're in the audience for this talk and not whatever it's so hard for me to explain exactly how much i don't care about the facebook perspective on anything but <laughs> yeah, i definitely exactly. don't care at all yeah like i know you might have to spend your entire day justifying why you work there no offense to anybody who's listening right now that works at facebook but really no grinds offense, my gears but, you know if you take offense you take offense <laughs> whatever but if that's your life that's chill just don't like steamroll somebody else's like hard work that they put into a talk we all tell each other stories about, oh, no. Oh, what? Linda. Are we not recording? No, I mean, it's recording, but I just glanced over at the window, which I usually keep in the background, but I turned away from it. Wait, hold on a sec. Oh, no, I think we're fine. It's just delayed. Like, the waveforms aren't popping up automatically for, like, 10 seconds or so. Oh, this is giving me... I'm, I'm getting feared. I hate the idea of losing a show. Hold on a sec. So that... Waveform is back there. If it did stop, miraculously, it stopped like a minute ago. Okay. What's going on here? Check into it. I'll hold. All right, I'm going to pause the recording. You just stay where you were at. Okay. So, uh, we were recording again. Anyway. Yay. Um, yeah, I mean, the Facebook thing. I, uh, I feel like everybody has to tell themselves a certain story about their life and career to for it to make sense to them and for them to like you know be satisfied with it and i feel yeah. like if there was a world where i worked at facebook instead of uh for my own for myself here in baltimore i would probably be able to justify that just as much as i'm justifying what i am doing but it's not what i'm doing so the story i tell myself is uh, is a different one and uh yeah i hate facebook it's bad <laughs> true dad have you been uh holding on to your no amazon thing yeah yeah, we haven't spent any money on Amazon, no Whole Foods or anything. It's been four months now, I think, three, four months. I shopped at Whole Foods yesterday. Yeah, Whole Foods one is, is harder for me because I still feel like uh, net good in the world. It's maybe better to shop at Whole Foods than like Giant or whatever just because more stuff is organic and I don't know. Ugh. How, how do you live a life, Linda? How, does that, how do you do it? I don't understand it. I don't know. <laughs> Excuse me. Let me check the questions document. We covered many of them. We, we have that one from Hope, another one from Hope that we didn't quite get to last time that we could perhaps pull up now. Let's see here. We should just delete this from here. We can actually answer them. Um, hey, everyone. Send us your questions. Do, 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 do. 
We have this one very technical question from somebody about how you specifically did something on the Help Scout site, which I feel like is probably not good radio. I should just, uh, just email them that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think really the, the best one we could dive into here, the most, the juiciest topic, is this question that we didn't really talk about. We did that episode where we talked about professions. We answered mostly this question from Colin, but uh, Hope had a, another question, which was basically, what advice do you have for designers who want to take charge of their career? I feel directionless, like a flailing inflatable character outside of a car dealership. Oh, yeah. Uh, which... He did. Yeah. I don't think we really addressed that. Though yeah, I don't have read it here before. This is a tricky one, because I feel like this is the one that most, uh, like, self-important medium articles are about. I wrote one of these articles when I quit at Dropbox. Uh, oh, you did? I'm going to find it like, right now. Yeah, big time. Um, and you're just kind of like, what am I going to do with my career? I'm 28 years old and I don't know which direction to go. Oh, yeah, you tell me on quitting part one. That's extremely good. Yeah, there's a part one and a part two. Very nice. Um, don't read it on the air, but you should read it later. It's great. I, I think I did read this when it was published, but that was now almost five years ago, four, four plus years ago. So, yeah. In it. And, um, well, it sucks because I think that. Uh, let's talk about the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, dog. We got that pyramid. You know? Andy? <laughs> I, I know. I know about the pyramid. I'm letting you I'm letting you go here. You feel like you got you got you got something to say. Alright, cool. We got Linda back. Um basically it's a privilege to even be thinking about the tippy top of the pyramid. And um so it kinda makes you feel like an asshole to start refining it, you know, where you're like no, but this is like this one thing could be could be better. But um, that's the world we live in. That we we get to have those problems. So mm-hmm. we recently hired a plant consultant to come to the office and tell us what plants <laughs> are there, so they don't die, and then deliver the plants to us. So yes, that I'm familiar is... with the discomfort uh, about really addressing the tippiest top of that of that yeah. uh, that pyramid. Great example. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it, it's like, and then once you're thinking about it, like it takes even greater privilege to like, you know, take some time off and just go think about it, which is why it's super eye-rolling when people talk about their like silent retreats that they went on for six months and you're like, cool, cool that you could afford to do that. Um, but I don't know. I'm obviously very cynical today. <laughs> oh, well, get I mean, my, my, here's my thing on this. Like I definitely spent many uh years when i was younger thinking a lot about this question and thinking a lot about my career and thinking a lot about the like impact that it would have and like my legacy and all kinds of stuff like that right uh i would say i was definitely overly concerned about that stuff even more so than the average oh my god i was just like i hope i get a job yeah. So anyway, carry on. I spent a long time thinking, thinking about, about that stuff, and you know, so much so that I even had the audacity to like start a graphic design podcast to like share my do my sweet thought leadership at age twenty two or whatever, uh, which you know I would never do that now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because we, we, the reason that podcast basically ended is because we all grew up enough to be like, well, we don't. There's nothing for us to say about this. This is not. This is not productive <laughs> at all. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I think we did. I think it was helpful for some people to hear that voice externalized. I don't want to minimize anybody that is listening and enjoyed the show. I'm There's nothing you know. like, nothing Debbie Millman has. Well, right. I mean, we were, yeah, sure. 
Let's not, die. Let's not go down that road. Right. Let's not go down that road. But my point is that I spent a long time thinking about this. And honestly, um, for me, it was, I mean, I, I, I ended up starting my own company, right? Which is even more puts me in the driver's seat of controlling the direction of my career, more so than almost anybody else. Because if you've got a regular job, then you're somewhat, you know, at the whims of whoever is willing to hire you. Um, but even given that, where I sit now, 31 years old, uh, I don't spend any time thinking about that anymore and i don't expect to get fulfillment in the way that i think hope is describing possibly like in the like tippy top of maslow's hierarchy of needs pyramid way from my job ever like i the the work we do necessarily is at the is at the behest of people that can afford to hire a consulting company and pay them to do something and the very nature of that work is that it's trying to bolster some business. And I, I really enjoy, there's a lot of small businesses we work for that I'm really proud to work for, that I, I'm glad at the end of the day that we can help them run their small business because it's the kind of thing that I want to see in the world. We're very lucky enough to work with a number of artists and people that are making creative work that aren't just, you know, selling tchotchkes or drop shipping stuff that was, you know, made overseas for the cheapest they could possibly afford to manufacture it and they're just branding it and selling it for a big markup which is most of the work now. I mean, like most of the thing people that contact us about making them a website, they're all these things which I don't find any reward in. And I, at some point, had this opportunity where it's like I could try really hard. I could like invest myself completely in my career and I could, you know, hustle every day to try and find the right kinds of clients or to try and find some way to make work that is outside of the, the client uh, designer, client consultant model uh, and try and do really, really rewarding things and have this be my creative outlet and also my career. And ultimately, yeah. I was like, that's just too much, too much pressure to put on that one thing. And it's too hard because it's, if it's a job, it's not set up to be creatively fulfilling. Uh, and if yeah. you're out there and you have a job that is truly creatively fulfilling and you feel like you are making something and you're an artist in some sense and you have some ownership over what you're making every day, then you're extremely lucky, uh, which I can say because I am extremely lucky in my job and I don't have that. Uh, yeah. So at some I point, say, yeah, oh, go. Well, okay. So here's the difference that I'm hearing between me and you. You had like really specific aspirations really early on. I mean, you talk it about it like it's like young arrogance <laughs> that led you to like start your own company and start your own podcast. And But like that's the kind of opinionated I know what I want-ness that I think Hope is like, like I wish I had that. And I think that I, I've always felt that way too. And I'm starting to find it a little bit more and more. And I think that like as a woman or like as a certain type of woman or person, uh, some of us are like geared more towards just hanging out in the shadows and like pleasing other people and just being like well you know i just want to do a good job and i, I want to make everyone else happy and as long as i'm doing that i'm doing okay but then you kind of like get to a point where you're like why am i not fulfilled by what i'm doing and then i think like my advice there uh if you're a, a non-andy type is to like listen to the little little tiny voice in your head like sometimes there's a little itty bitty tiny like i think i want to do this and, and you can follow that and just entertain it for a while. Um, I totally cut you off to say that, but I didn't want to lose it. Sorry. No, it's, it's really helpful. I think we have very different uh, perspectives on this, which is great, because I feel like sometimes we kind of come from the same place. But here, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess my, my best advice, Hope, is just that 
I, if I were you, I would really interrogate the question of whether or not the fulfillment you're seeking is specifically a fulfillment that needs to come from your design career. Because uh, it may, you may find this perfect thing that fits you perfectly and is exactly what you want to be doing, even if you didn't need a job, right? Like, there's that stupid saying that, you know, whatever you do in your free time, that should be your job and make that happen, which is an absurd pipe dream that <laughs> only the most privileged people yeah. in the entire universe get a chance to ever actually do. Uh, and for a lot of those people, they do it, and then all of a sudden they hate the thing because they made it their job. Um, yep. But... I, I, for me, it's just like, I just, it's not, it's not design. Design is not my identity. It's not where I get fulfilled by. It's not what I am uh, seeking in life. It's just what I do for a living. And uh, it was kind of freeing. I, don't, I, don't, I can't pinpoint when I actually, you know, made this transition. It's probably sometime in the past, like, four-ish years. But uh, it was definitely very freeing to be like, all right, uh, I can do something else to be creatively fulfilled. I can focus on my cooking. I can focus on this little side project. I can focus on this, like, community of people that I've been playing games with in the city. And, like, you know, these things are just, uh, that's where I get the kind of feeling that I previously sought from my career. Uh, because I recognize that my career is necessarily entangled with having to provide for my life and expenses and all kinds of other things that make it uh, put too much pressure on it if it also has to be the thing that, you know, is creatively fulfilling or gives me purpose. Yeah, and sometimes, like, jobs just suck or, like, things are disorganized or they're not set up for, like, individual contributors at the job to actually be growing. And, and like, if you haven't had a lot of experience or if you haven't been to a lot of places to work, it's hard to see it. It's like... Like, I don't know, I'm just lucky to be here. And sometimes the answer is just, like, look for something else. <laughs> and uh, I also really love what you're saying about finding it elsewhere. Because right now, I'm a dog, you know? That's it. I'm stoked about that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty simple. But I'm into I mean, that. It's, it's, it's a pretty simple manager. take. Because, or at least it's, it's contrary to what a lot of the establishment in the design world would have you believe, right? The Debbie Millmans of the world are like, this is my everything. This is my purpose. This is what I do. Uh, you know, I will also make this podcast in my spare time where I will talk to design luminaries. And this is, you know, it's just, I, th I think unrealistic expectations are set up for that. And I also think yeah. that on the whole, graphic designers are not, critical enough of their employers whether that's you know a job you get nine to five or whether that's you're working freelance and you have clients uh the ones that i see that are like very purpose-driven uh, i also find a like lack of criticality that is disconcerting to me and yeah. oh, i know from from seeing some of your work online that you are very uh, conscious and aware and critical of the like way the world works and so for you if you're anything like me i don't think you're gonna find some company that's you know gonna check all the boxes necessarily because companies are horrible <laughs> they they're competing in this like horrible system that forces them to be terrible to some degree to continue to exist and that's just like par for the course so true you know recently i'm really inspired by touchy feely studio uh, it's this woman who is a product designer 
and she started making these uh, pillows that are shaped like hands. You might have seen one in my apartment and some pictures. I have seen something. one in your apartment and some pictures. <laughs> yeah. And she just kind of started making those, like, for funsies. And that was kind of like, hey, you should, every time anyone sees a picture of this, they're like, where can I get that? So a bunch of people were like, you should really sell these. Uh, and she, she's doing it. She, like, made a site. She hired some people. She's got, like, a, like a full operation going now. She's just making these, like, fun pillows. They just make you really happy to look at them. And I love that. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, this huge initiative or, like, an app or whatever. It's just, like, follow the thing that makes you happy. That is a good example. Maybe uh, make sand, sand dollar necklaces, you know? Yeah, I like sand dollar necklaces because it doesn't involve <laughs> more manufacturing for the most part. Because <laughs> even, oh, even the pillows, like, they're very cool. I, I like them and I'm very, this is great for this woman that she's, you know. Nope, I'm not going to let you turn it into a downer. Okay, mm -hmm. fine. I won't, nope. I won't go where nope. everyone listening knows that I, will, I would otherwise take it. We know where you're taking it. They're very charming hands. I've liked it in the pictures and I've seen it. The website seems great. Good for this person. How can we figure out how to like make the government make the world? <laughs> <laughs> really fell apart there. Hey, you know that's that's a pretty good uh, embodiment Andy. of how uh, of how I think everyone's feeling a little bit. This is how I feel. I'm like, this is the world that's fucked up. Not yeah. the pillows. Yeah, people are fine. <laughs> most people in most places, I dare say. I mean, despite all my cynicism, I think most people are fundamentally good. Uh, and then yeah. all the systems that they exist in are toxic and horrible, and it brings out the worst in almost everybody. Oh, man, you know what's really great? And by great, I mean not great. I'm standing here on the sidewalk, and I just looked down, and I saw a piece of my own credit card. Wait, what? <laughs> well, because it's a credit card that I had to um, to cut up. Yeah. And so I cut it up, put it in the trash. The trash was taken out this morning. But a piece of it is just right here on the sidewalk. That like is, somebody... uh, I assume you're very close to your home, I hope. Yeah, I'm right in front of my house. Okay, it's much weirder I'm if like, you were, like, two miles away. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you're, they're like, people are going to dump your trash, and so you better cut up that credit card. And part of you is like, no one's going to fucking do that. Are you kidding me? And here I am, holding it. There you are, digging through trash for your own credit card. Well, no, I mean, like, the trash is gone. No, I, I know, Linda. The piece? Oh, okay. I, I got see. it. Okay. All right. I understood... Anyways, Andy. Anyways, Linda. Um, God, I really feel like we're not helping people on this show. I feel like people write in with uh, with with good questions, and uh, I feel like we're just like, well, yeah, everything's pretty bad. So buckle up, I guess. <laughs> no, I think we're great. Uh, we're just being honest. Yeah, we'll try harder next time. Somebody sent us a really good question, and we'll try really hard. Yeah. Give us a good one, and we'll we'll do some we'll do some prep. We'll write a little monologue each, and then we'll compare. Yeah. Your homework. Um, or, I don't know. Hope. I hope. Uh, I hope. Hope can figure out what is ailing her. I hope. Hope. Fix. Find some hope. 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 A classic. A classic. <laughs> Are you still? Uh, you're you're done improv now forever, right? Uh, no, I, I might go, like, tomorrow to a class. 
But I thought you like graduated. Didn't you do the highest tier you oh, could do? Oh, yeah. But now all that's left for you is joining SNL or the UCB. Yeah, and there's a group of people who I uh, can still practice with for fun. So oh, nice. I think I'm going to do it. Very nice. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go make tacos, Andy. Linda, enjoy those tacos. <laughs> Your life is very different from mine. You're making tacos at 745. I'm, I'm going to go to bed when I, when I end up <laughs> call. All right. Good night, Andy. Enjoy those tacos, Linda. Good night to you. Thanks. Bye. Bye.